When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. I'm John Horn. I'm the host of Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. I'm here with our very first guest, Rain Wilson. Hi, John. It looks like I'm the first guest on the Geffen Unclothed. Unscripted. Unscripted. Yeah, let's go with that. A marriage made in heaven, I guess. Or Westwood. Tune in for some of our exciting upcoming guests. David Copperfield, Neil LaBute, Neil Patrick Harris, Josh Gad, Rita Wilson, and many more. Be sure to download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app and on iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. And, and I'm Rain Wilson, the first guest. You were no, the this, very first this, guest. This was a huge uh, mistake. Stephen Playhouse Unscripted. Huge mistake. Hi, I'm Howard Mackler, one of the founders of RichUncles.com, real estate investing for everyone. Our $1 billion offering is now open for investment with a $500 minimum. Rich Uncles NNN REIT is a public non-listed REIT, a real estate investment trust that invests in single-tenant commercial real estate. Learn more by reading our prospectus at RichUncles.com. That's RichUncles.com or call 855-RICH-UNCLES. This media outlet is being paid under $2,000 by Rich Uncles for this single message and is intended only for residents in states where the offering is approved. RichUncles.com or call 855 855- Five five rich uncles. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a church. We're gonna make get on. Welcome to the show. It's Carcass, Amanda Pearl. That's Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea. Hey, what over happened there. to the other car sound from last week? We that was just a, a special thing. Oh, a special that was a treat. Five. I thought Maybe we were, once in a while. I thought we're, we were doing it we're new. We're back to my four-banger. Jonathan Ward <laughs> from Icon is here. It's great when uh, good things happen to good people. So uh, God bless you, Jonathan Ward. I uh, oh, so many things to get into. But I, I'm, first off, just and, and overall, I, I tell people the smile on my face that we, we met guys like Jonathan Ward a long time ago when we were asking them, how the business model ever worked. And the answer was there really isn't a business model. And then we met the guys from Singer a long time ago, and the same questions applied. Yeah. And and there are many other companies that are starting off. And like, I guess in the past, there were a whole bunch, you know, it was probably Bud and Miller and Coors. And now all these little artisanal beer places are popping up, these cool microbrews in San Diego. And, and the product is unbelievable. And people have realized there's a difference in quality. And even though Coors Light is a buck eighty nine, I'll spend six bucks and get this high octane IPA that hits the spot because I'm worth it and I feel like that's what Jonathan Ward is for automobiles. <laughs> You're Sweet. a high octane I- high IPA. Octane. But you know if even cars. let's talk cores, right? So maybe <laughs> back in the day cores was started by a passionate moron like me who just right. wanted to make really good beer. Well, just past a point, you know, it's public or whatever and you got shareholders and eventually it corrupts the model. It's no longer about the passion. But I think it's great. I mean, it's like a whole 
kind of a renaissance of craftsmanship and thank God there's enough people that appreciate it from beer to backpacks to cars they don't need. I, I, and you know, the model, which financially was just, you know, we always poor Titus, but you know, the model used to be Titus gives Chip Foose 300 grand. Chip Foose makes Titus a car. Titus gives it a stupid name. Titus gets divorced and gets $41,000 for it at Barrett Jackson. Yeah. But it's yeah. got his easy top guitar in the backseat. That used to be the model. And, and, and I used to, you know, I'd think about stuff, but I think like, I don't know. I, I can't just shell out a bunch of money and then have something that's not really worth anything. But Jonathan Ward, singer, guys like that, yeah. Ring Brothers, the stuff, the market has caught on to the product. Yeah, I don't necessarily understand why, but I'm really happy about that. Like we all kind of <laughs> broke that model where I think people respect that we're coming at it from like a highly functional sculpture is is sort of right. Yeah. You know, like look at uh, Dickerson, you know, when he started Singer and you ask him what's the model. I mean, there was no model. The, I just want to build a beautiful car. Right. You know, and that yeah. was the extent of it. And like like him, I just – took all my pennies and nickels and I just built the first one and everyone thought I was a moron and they're like, you're going to make a business out of this? You're only going to do what to what for how much? And yeah. You know, how many cars you guys built you think so far? Um, with the Icon brand, we're on about the 130th FJ. We're on the 50th BR. We're on about the 15th derelict. So yeah, around there. The, uh, the, you know, the, the problem, yeah. the problem with the Slowly. success is like the platforms, the Broncos and the FJs and stuff's going insane. And, and, and just to, you know, illustrate this, not that you guys do VW buses, but I, was I just have, or, or you <laughs> do do VW buses, but I mean, that's not your, your, your bread and butter. Yeah. Just saw one go for 265. Yep. At, uh, Mecham, I think it was, um, and I, I, I think it hammered it. So two, that's two, more than it, I think it hammered, <laughs> sadly. God damn it, now I'm mad. It hammered, I think, at 265. That's yeah. a VW bus. I mean, that's wow. the kind of – people used to use them for, like, storage. People live like, in them. I, totally. I, I mean, really. So the yeah. idea that everything needs to be sleek and swoopy out the window, they, they will – you know, the Broncos, the Toyotas, all that stuff, they'll pay for it. The less passion that is communicated in modern cars visually, the more people yearn for vintage. Right. And the more the – you know, my thing though is I get corrupted by all the charming, wonderful perversions and functionalities of modern cars. So that's kind of why I started Icon because – I had restored a bunch of cars dead stock because that's what you're supposed to do. And it was lovely and gorgeous. I take it out after like two or three miles. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I'm not down with being a martyr to carburetors and drum brakes. Right. But I can't give up the aesthetic. Like, I just, it's where it's at to me. You know, I totally agree. And so, what Jonathan is talking about is taking like a. N- 1918 craftsman style home and putting Wi-Fi and all the best electronics yeah, in, yeah. in it. It doesn't and, ruin and, the home. And making it look like the old yeah. the old refrigerator and the old oven and the old everything just with the best of today. Because that while that house, and I've lived in those houses, while it's cool, it's a pain in the ass to drive that car or live in that house if yeah. you just do it bone stock. Yeah. So much of your design is influenced by the vintage cars, watches, architecture, culture. What are some of the more modern aspects that 
influence your design? Are there new cars that you – is there a new car out there that you particularly like right now? No. No. <laughs> just don't hold my interest. I, mean, I think back in the day, the car companies had the balls to let one guy be the, the perspective. You know, they let that one designer say, look, this is DeSoto. DeSoto is my – aesthetic, my opinion, and and that made it different from Chrysler and Dodge and all the billions of other brands. But today it's like, I don't know, Wall Street and pencil pushers and focus groups. So all this shit looks the same and all they keep doing each year is make the damn emblem bigger and bigger yeah. and uh, bigger. That drives me nuts. But, yeah, I thanks, mean, I get Ram. But there is technology though that is influencing. The tech- like the, the, the electric cars, you, you can't yeah. ignore that. You're doing something. Doing that and, and all of the new tech and from powertrain to conveniences. Yeah, I'm, I get – What are you doing on, on the electric car right now? Because I, I know – I, I follow your your social media and we talk and I see you're machining all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. You're trying to take electric car technology and not make it look like electric yeah, car yeah. technology. We're, we're doing three EVs right now. We just finished one, which was a '72 VW thing. But the one you're talking about, oh, hands Jimmy down Kimmel's my got one of those. Yeah, I yeah. just heard that recently. Yeah, Jimmy's got a fun one. He got it from another guy. Why? Talk my ear off, and um, when we were in Coronado, that would be David at Z Electric. Yeah, who's yeah, doing a 911 no. now. Yeah, him and his or wife was partner, doing a 911. Yeah, I think he just finished it. He's going to yeah. bring it to our big charity party in May. By the way, that's uh annual cars and casino benefit uh, and uh that is uh May 13th at Icon. Uh we went uh a couple of years ago, I think. Or, yeah, no, last year I think. Or was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, yeah we were remember. serving up the endless rant. Oh, we're serving yeah. up the endless rant. That's right. So uh, we had a few cocktails. We had a couple of cocktails. I, I just say two years because every time I say to someone, "Oh, we went last year," they go, "That was eight years ago." <laughs> <laughs> so I now add time. But uh tickets available online, and you can go to uh, gocampaign dot org. All right, so he's going to bring that nine eleven out. Yeah. So and then uh, Rod Emery, you know, our buddies over there are going to bring a couple three five sixes. Singer is coming. Uh, the the Mullen Museum is bringing cool stuff. A bunch of different local custom car builders and it's turning into tail hook is what I'm saying. It's going crazy over <laughs> it's there. Going it's just crazy. getting bigger and cooler every year. So uh, so back to you yeah. and electric. What what it, what was with you and electric? What what was the your marching orders or I mean, your own marching orders? What what did you want to try to accomplish? Well, I thought it would be an interesting way to get more people into the mix at Icon, more different clients, right? Because it, one thing we never really anticipated or were smart enough to look into or do focus groups or any of that bullshit on was what is our customer, right? And we've discovered more and more that our customer isn't necessarily your typical car collector. It's someone who loves vintage cars and has tons of memories with them, maybe has owned a couple or maybe has a gaggle of them on occasion. But they never thought they could get the best of both worlds. So when 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 they get to understand the brand, they're like, well, wait a minute. So I can have the vintage aesthetic, but I can have the engineering and drivability and reliability of modern. Then they're like, oh, shit. Then they're in. So the same idea started rattling around my empty head, which was, okay, brands like Tesla and they've, they've proven the model so, so people can understand it. They can digest electric and now charging stations and energy density. Everything's getting better. But now I think that's getting to the point where I envision someone who goes, yeah, I was going to get a Tesla, but I don't know. My neighbor's wife has one. You know, 
Couldn't I get something that yeah. like had some more style and vintage? And I think it's a neat way to bring new people into our community. I'm, I don't anticipate that we're going to be scavenging from current clients. So the my favorite one we're doing right now is a 1949 uh, Merc, um, Mercury Coupe, original paint, kick-ass condition, not chopped. And we're doing a four-wheel independent Art Morrison chassis with a nodular Dana 60 in the rear, um, electric-assisted power steering and large Brembos all the way around. And it's going to be a Tesla Eater. So it's uh, 800 foot-pounds of torque through dual oil-cooled AMR motors, and there's no tranny. So it's all the way up to 12,000 RPM, straight shot. No you could shifting. do like a flat floor in that, basically. You don't need the trans tunnel yeah, or anything. Well, you can change the interior you if you wanted to. think, but we put the motors where the tranny was. Okay. Because mm-hmm. for weight distribution, that opened up some neat opportunities because we ran the Tesla 100S battery array. Yeah. It was just a shit ton of batteries. So we're like, okay, where are we going to put them? So we have some midship over the rear axle. We have some under the main floor. But then in the engine bay, there's a whole bunch of them. So that was super fun because we we basically took the idea of, well, we still wanted to tie to like vintage hot rodding and custom cultures. So we I designed this array that looks like an exaggerated V8 with like Fenton heads and cool polished hardware and – yeah, actually, we're looking at it. looks amazing. It's insane. Yeah, so that houses a lot of the battery modules and the Reinhardt controller. So it looks like a billet block. Looks like sort of like a billet shaped engine block. V8, yeah. But you you stuffed it with batteries. Yeah, it's batteries and controllers. And where is that? Is that in the bay? Yeah, so when you lift the hood, that's like wha bam, right. it's right there where the old V8 should have been. Yeah, this is uh this is very innovative because um it it is the you know you look at the Chevy Volt and even the more you look at the Tesla SUV and stuff like that it's so bland I mean it's just it's so soulless you know it, it's sort of what they'd envisioned in you know Logan's Run and stuff yeah. just these people moving bars of soap that didn't make any noise that didn't have any personality that there was no distinction between this one and that one it was just sort of the boom it's interesting is because when when they started coming out you know, these ev cars something like the nissan leaf it doesn't make any engine noise so when you start driving it down the street you're like god it's weird looking and the lights are shaped weird and it's a lot of weird plastic and it's all to shape the air to reduce wind noise because that's all you hear now. Now, when you're doing a 50 Merc, no <laughs> try, one's really going to care. Yeah, because... Try doing a 73 VW thing. 99 <laughs> yeah. billion rattles that you couldn't have heard when it had oh, yeah. the oil burner in the back. Oh, my God. Weeks and weeks of chasing rattles with literally our, our microphones, like 15 mics on a switch box. Really? All over the car. It's a yeah. really cool system. And that's what it's not moving. Once <laughs> <laughs> you start driving it. But you know, the noise is one thing that irks me and I'm trying to I got to get my neighbor drunk enough to agree. I have my my neighbor for like 25 years is a is a brilliant sound engineer. And I'm like come on come on come on. So the gas pedal is basically a potentiometer, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got micro ohms and, and ranges. Like what if there's got to be someone who can develop because it doesn't look like it's going to be me. Like an app or something where, okay, today I want it to sound like a Columbo 12. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I want it like a Merlin yeah, or, right. you know, a 502 with four carbs. So you could literally make that part of the fun part of the experience and you tie it into the gas pedal range. Right. And so it'll hear, uh, only for electric, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah that's a good a, that's way to really cover up for some of the noise. Too, 
be good for a four banger no, I, cult. I, I, that's a. Uh, that's super fun. I, I think it's an ingenious idea. We got a question up there. But first, I, I can't. Jonathan has so many cool projects that I think the last time we talked about, we talked to you, you were going full prototype, uh, bespoke. Um, and uh, other than it being real cool, I don't even remember exactly what it was. But you were. Was it so, the Aston Martin? Oh, yeah, there was a Zagato. The Aston, yeah. It may have been yeah, the yeah. Zagato. So what's going on with some of that stuff? Well, specifically, that one's kind of a sad story because we were rolling and rolling. We finish it in Italy. We bring the we fly the car back to the States, and we're getting ready to get into the final phase. And then I got a charming letter from Aston Martin. And they're saying, oh, no, you may not do this. Really? Yeah, it was totally asinine too because their their issue was trade dress and the two trademark trade dress items that they cite are not on my car. Not right. at all. So there's side grill and their front grill. And I'm right. like, uh, no, that's not what I used. We did the Italian version and we partnered with the dude whose hand was on the pencil in 59 who designed those. And under Italian law, he has the rights. What am I going to do? Take Aston Martin to the Hague? Right. So we're literally – we've been at a dead halt for over a year in discussion with them. But of course, we now we figure out why. Like three or four weeks ago, they announced they're doing a reissue DB4 oh. Zagato. It's like, guys, why couldn't you just been straight with me? God forbid, right? And just tell me that. I saw – you yeah, know, it never works that speaking way. Speaking yeah. of, <laughs> um, I don't know, bland or what have you, um, when I was over at Galpin for to – Two months ago, uh, one guy knew I was an Aston guy. And I always thought Aston, out of all the modern companies, aesthetically got it right. They were the closest to getting it right. And and I I like the DB9, and I like the DB9S a lot. And then the guy showed me the new Vortexia, or whatever it was, like the next, next one beyond. And I was like... You push too far. You yeah. got too. You went like too the far. Vulcan, that like crazy right. super so the, one that the they D- have. Yeah. Right. The DB9 yeah. looks nice. The DB9S to me looks nicer. And then they just kept pushing, and now it got yeah. we. It got a little weird. Yeah. And I, I although the one seven seven wasn't bad. That's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. But, but I, I it's know. like it's 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 weird because. Like technology caught up to them, and it shouldn't have. It, they long hoods and big, big V twelves and and grand touring. You know that was their that was their thing, and now it it they got caught up. Yeah, and I feel like they started to try to compete. Num, you know, zero to sixty or top speed with you know Ferrari, McLaren, or whatever, and and they they kind of lost it. And McLaren, I've never liked, always respected. Never liked aesthetically because it's just so soulless. Yeah. I know it's all done in the name of downforce or all done in the name of uh, low, low. Uh, but it looks like a 10 year old supercar. Right. Like the, the lines. Yeah. Everyone I know who has one says bulletproof, the best genius. I absolutely and, and they're great. But yeah. the yeah. look of it. But they're weird. Looking. What it, about Ferrari, though? FCA to me has ruined Ferrari. Oh like yeah, what I, used to be aluminum now is some mylar bullshit vacuum wrap piece of plastic. The nav is the same thing, like in a Jeep Rubicon. Like, <laughs> dude, of all brands to ruin in a corporate way. Just- I like, uh, yeah, 
you know, the 355 I thought was great looking, the 360 I like, and then, and then the 358, they started, they're starting to spin off again into the robot car phase of something yeah. and i don't i don't know i just it, the aesthetic but i did like the front engine cars I the like front F12. engine stuff i like like the yeah. 599 or the whatever the six, but again yeah. even if i like the look and then you hop in it and you start touching things yeah like that tactile thing is gone like you might as well be in whatever right, right. but i felt that way even about maserati when you know, you get in the Maserati. Well, that was like, These the are the window switches from the Chrysler 300C. Yes, but this is the entry car for the Ferrari. We make a sound like a kind of Ferrari. You can lease it. When I was watching the uh, bus go down uh, for th- 265 at Meekum, I saw an 09 Maserati Quattroport go for 25 grand. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh well, yeah, I don't dislike it that much. Like for twenty five no, grand, grand, I like grand, it a lot. Take it. Yeah, but you'll see an eighty nine Quattroporte <laughs> sell for fifteen hundred, and you'll congratulate the guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a phone call here, Max Patty. Tell me when you got that uh, tape you were building the other. Oh yeah, sure thing. Sure thing. Josh, thirty three, Orlando. Yeah, how you doing? Good. What's going on there, Josh? I have a uh, a new BMW M2 on order. It's going to show up. Yeah, be July fun. sometime. Yeah, and uh, I was curious what y'all thought about the break-in process. Read a couple different things. Shit, it's, it's warranted. Take that bugger up to the <laughs> red line, peg it till it goes dot 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 dot, and shift. We have uh, don't listen to anything. Who do we have? Lake Speed in here. So Lake Speed was in we here. We had a long, long oil-based conversation yeah. with Lake Speed. His- and- his thing is, there is break-in oil. There is break-in oil. You, he said, uh, we, we grilled him. We said, even modern-day cars with computers and warranties and everything else, he said, still should break them in. And he said, though, you don't need to put break-in oil in it. Just go drive around the oil that it comes but it, in but it wouldn't and hurt. swap he, it. He said, you're okay. Like, it's, it would be better if you actually, like, if you got your new M2 and it arrives at your house, it's got 17 miles on it. If you put break-in oil in it and you run your first 500 miles with a good break-in oil, that's better. I've seen engines have trouble from having too much of the assembly lube in them, and then it gums up the uptake tube in the pan. Well, but here's the deal, because I don't want to hassle Josh. You can use the oil that it comes with from the dealer as break-in oil. Just drive it around a little bit. And then just dump that oil well, that's and, the thing, and is, put is, it back. As I agree that even though the first service interval on that car is probably 12,000 miles, I agree that the assembly lube and everything else, do 500 miles and then change the oil. And then consider the next one your first oil. Avoid, avoid massive changes in RPMs via uh, abrupt downshifts. I'd keep it under, what, 6,000 RPMs for a while. be pretty mellow. Yeah. I, I guess the point is, is there is a break-in period. And I always remember, like, in my M3, I believe, my 99 M3, in the manual, there was a, you know, there's a, a chapter on break-in period, which... Such a fun car, though. I hope you enjoy it. That car yeah. is so much fun. Yeah. I need to see a picture of it because I know the M1 and I know the M3, and I'm confused Basically, about the, the M2. Basically, the M2 is what the M1 was when they decided to change their numeric series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Super fun, rowdy, fat Straight little car. Straight turbo. Uh, yeah, little, yeah, little line turbo. Line six with a turbo. 365 yeah. horsepower. I think it has a twin turbo. Oh, yeah. It's single Sorry. turbo. Oh, it's single? Yeah. 
Jesus. Yeah, single twin scroll. Oh, oh okay. So it's 365 horsepower? Yeah, and then I think it has an overboost function for the, you know, gets a torque up to 360 something or 370 for seven seconds at a time. And what's that thing got? Like a 3.2, 3 liter? 3 3 liter. 3 liter. Wow, that's a that's a fun little fun little car. All right, don't use braking oil, but use the oil that's in the car, drive around for a few hundred miles and then dump it and get the new stuff. So it says Lake Speed. And by the way, when you do that, use your garage boss. That's right. They do oil drain pans. Uh, I'll tell you, you don't have to just drain it into that weird metal pan that everyone's been using for a mil- million years or that weird black plastic one and then try to put it into the uh, milk jugs. Now, you use your garage boss. You, you can drain it right into it, then put the cap on it, then just carry it right to the recycling place. Garage boss, and uh, we use them here. Uh, Matt, you, Matt, you just did it on your... your yeah, a couple weeks ago, I did it on, on uh, the Mustang. Uh, they with got some f- breaking oil. They got a full line <laughs> of uh, drain pans with uh, no mess solutions, and uh, they have like disposable tearaway sheets and uh, integrated funnels, and they do funnels. They do everything, and so you look like you know what you're doing. So go to Garage Boss. That's B O S S, and uh, again, don't look like a fool. And, and when you take it to the recycling centers, pick the thing up like a suitcase and walk it on over there. Uh, from oil pan to drain pan to recycling center. It's that easy. It's available at uh, Amazon.com. Just search Garage Boss. That's B-O-S-S. All right. Uh, Jonathan Ward and uh, Matt. So uh, I did this uh, Trans Am race a um, couple of weeks back up I, at I uh, heard Willow Springs. Yeah, and, 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 no, it's, uh, I thought you were there. Yeah. I can't remember. It's weird. Um, <laughs> I thought uh, I told... Uh, we did the car show last night when I was doing my uh, Adam Kroll and Friends uh, Build Stuff Live. We did the garage and car show. but uh, So Chris whacked together a two-minute version of it. Oh, I heard about it this weekend. <laughs> I thought uh, you would you would enjoy, but uh, we didn't air it because we didn't have it ready for that. But Leno's coming in, I think, at the end. He's going to do the last show. Oh, he is? He's coming in. So, oh, good. Um, so we'll do that. But uh, CarCast, guys. There's like a short version and a long version, but I figure we'll just do the two-minute version, and then uh, you'll have the whole race in, uh, in, in two minutes. And, Jonathan, you can enjoy. And we'll put that up at uh, carcastshow.com. Yeah. There you go. All right, go ahead and uh, fire it up. This is Willow Springs, known as the fastest track in the West. This is my first professional race, and it's in the Trans Am series. This is my car. It's the top of the Trans Am food chain. More than 850 horsepower. So we're just staging up. It's a great color. Yeah, I think it's a great color too. It's a like blue gray. Sets off the blue.
Oh, 158 miles an hour. They're going with the wheel turned halfway around the thing. Neutral. I yeah. put it. I put it up. Oh, that's him. Yeah. One sixty one. Dive bombing in corner one. Makes the pass. Checkered flag. So it's like a two-minute version of the entire thing. You can see that. Get out of the car. Get in the car. Get through the car. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be able to run it on the uh, Leno show. <laughs> so the Leno episode of your show. I think uh, that's that's what you're talking about because yeah. he's got a show too. No, we wouldn't slum it down. Yeah, he's got to come on. How good is that engine sound? Oh, so it does. So I mean, that car ran so good. By the way, those guys at Burton Racing built a hell of a car. Oh, absolutely. And I, I I think even with all the horsepower, easier to drive than than an old old car. It's a that's my race whole car? point. <laughs> <laughs> That's been his theory for since since he started this whole thing was how do you make it drive well? Yeah, it's easier to drive than the than the vintage race cars, even with you know four hundred more horsepower or whatever whatever it is. Is that the color from the new uh, Porsche? <clears throat> I don't think that's the, the I don't think that's the same color. Know, but, but they had just painted that car. It was the first time they switched from the black car to the gray and blue car for car that race, color, yeah. and no, it I, looked fantastic. I agree. And uh, uh, Jonathan's got a very uh, keen aesthetic because I, I kept looking at that, and it's such a non-race car color perfect. color, yeah. and it's perfect. And uh, there's a color. It's kind of interesting, but um, I took a uh, tour through. Uh, I think it's in Gaydon uh, through Aston Martin. Okay. Once upon a time. Really cool factory tour. And I was kind of like fantasizing because I was thinking about a, a DB9 or DBS. And the key with all this stuff is like forget the black on black or the silver with the black interior that everyone's going to think you're driving a Jag and whatever else. And I started like I, the idea was to try to think of things that were – Bizarre, like yeah. my my DB9 is um, Aston Martin racing green with Burgett with a red leather interior, and it looks killer. It's just totally you wouldn't think of it. And the color combo, I never ordered it, yeah. but the color combo I came up with was a green interior, like the leather sofa, like British leather sofa green that sort of. I don't know what kind. It's just a very pure green. Yeah. You can picture it in leather and picture it on a sofa. Like a as, Chesterfield. Yeah. As, as an interior with a kind of a 
gray. I was saying, you know, the color of plastic conduit, like that gray mm-hmm. color, like it's a yes, real yeah, pure yeah, gray, like a dove milky gray. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Like with oh, that'd be gray cool. exterior with that green interior, but a non-metallic, just like the sh- shiny. I didn't get that far, but I just, <laughs> but I figured I, I just kept picturing that flexible, shiny gray yeah. conduit, like variable plastic conduit That'd be super and, cool. and that green sofa English yeah. leather sofa interior and I just thought on that DBS wouldn't that be a killer How, when you're combo. having that conversation with them you're like do you have any conduit around the building that's <laughs> yeah. exposed and maybe grandma's couch we're doing a 58 Rolls Royce uh, silver cloud derelict that's going to piss off a lot of people because we put a dry sump LS7 in it and independent suspension and stuff but the point of bringing this up my like analog therapy hobby on weekends has been leather crafts. I've been taking classes and stitching all sorts of stuff I don't need. But we're doing this rolls and it had this kick-ass two-tone green Connolly oh, interior and it was it original. Now. Yeah. So we're redoing it for the client, but I took some scissors to it. I took all that original Connolly leather and it's all messed up and chalky and screwed. So I'm, I, my first project was like a derelict watch band. Out of that cool oh, old green, that old British green. Oh my I god! I saved all the rest of the hides. I'm going to keep doing it. I Who love gets that. the watch band? You were the client. Uh, my watch. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I love that. No one would watch buy bands. the first one. It sucked. But. So the, this this will be uh, what years the rolls? Fifty eight. Yeah, it's so it's 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 so. Inc- by the way, you go to those auctions and you see the modern day rolls and the Bentleys stuff that like, yeah. are practically free, but. but you the shape of those cars are so. I was uh, watching uh, Arthur too mm-hmm. on the rocks uh, last night, and and like Bitterman was driving him around, and the the rolls. Is that worth and, watching, by the way? Uh, no, no. This <laughs> one was brilliant. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Well, I'll tell you why all those movies are wor- worth watching because you get to see what Manhattan looked like in 1988. Like mm. like what cars? What you? Every cab was just like a Crown Vic or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like every cab, a couple checkers, buildings. Still, but the like, rich guy's chauffeured car was like, yeah. But you the, get you the, get to see a snapshot goal. in time of our culture from I don't know what year Arthur II Max Zapata was, but I'm just going to go from like 1985. It's exactly what our culture looked like because they're in Manhattan. So the way everyone dresses, the cars everyone drives, the architecture, yeah. whatever, the food, like everything is just spot on that year and i always just watch it for that reason then i watch heart to heart but (laughs) the uh oh 1988 jesus i was right initially sad um the 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 you you love the shape of those cars but they just don't work and i the derelict version of that is beautiful because derelicts we've seen done as, as jonathan ward has has coined the phrase and, and, and sort of like, well, the idea is you got the kind of beater car with the fire-breathing engine under the hood. But this is not that. This is the refined gentleman's car that works. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one done. We're, we're going to be done How pretty does it soon. make it a derelict and not a reformer? So ref- another one of Yeah, so when we do the of- reformers, they're all pretty and shiny and look Concord new. And then we're hiding all the reengineering that we do. With the derelict, we leave the funky barn fine patina as yeah. it is on the outside and the dents and the scratches. 
and then hide all the engineering again and then geek out on the interior usually. So the Rolls-Royce is going to end up being – A derelict because it's original paint, two-tone green. It's super cool. But then on the inside, all you know, all new wood and leather and blah, blah, blah and the new chassis and Brembo's independent yeah. suspension LS7. Does, and the LS7. Does, it's going to sound not like a Rolls-Royce. Yeah. Part of the fun. <laughs> does and it actually, have- that's part of the discussion with a client. Like, okay, should we emulate the refinement of the original car and do double muffs and tie them together, yeah. blah, blah, blah? Or do you want to – he's like, I'd like to scare small children, please. There's <laughs> <laughs> a guy out of Australia. Is, really is, uh, is, there any, is there anything um, – can we get into – production on some of these cars like you know obviously like broncos and yeah but with, but with the derelicts Dere- yeah like like let's say you pick a a platform yeah like uh i've thought about that like, like a, a tri-5 chevy they're yeah. abundant enough right yeah if it's a wagon or a convertible or a two-door or a post a non-post four-door doesn't matter right and a, the, a lot, lot the, of people love them yeah all the stock restoration parts for them are like on amazon they're so commoditized you can get anything and everything for them right and that would give us an f- opportunity to create some relative efficiencies in our asinine business model um and i thought about that actually i thought that would be a cool way to go but the problem is, is despite our shop scale, which is – it's bigger than the last time you guys were there. We took uh, – we're about 85,000 square feet. We don't have enough room or skilled technicians to entertain something that would sell at a higher volume. Well, also, even though, you know, if when everything's bespoke, it's just everything, you know, and it, we all know what a hassle it is. But – in a weird way, it does kind of fly in the face of the uh, initial um, manifesto, which is we're going to take these crazy cars that have been forgotten and put do it. And it, it'll kind of – it's kind of a one-of-one one sort of thing. And I get it. You know, not everyone's got 400 grand to throw around at a, at a car, but – in a weird way, maybe it's purest when it's when it's this way. I think it's sort of the purest. It's one-off. It's totally for you. We we pick every last thing with the client, but at the same time, it's really stupid business. Sure. Is so there, like the is smarter there... people on my team are like, uh, here, for example, each rack. We look at the cost of that square footage and the technician and all the charming California overhead issues. And you look at what that rack costs a day and you look at what it puts out if I were just to stick to the menu and build more FJs and build more BRs and yeah, build more TRs. It, it, it's from a financial standpoint, your business guys are like, let's build more Broncos. Right, but, but I've your never brain listened never to them. Like, your brain's never going to work well, out. I'm doing this because I love it and I make a good living with the production stuff we do as it is. Yeah. And it's still not feeling like a real job. But – I get bored in a hurry if I just stuck to production. Well, they told Ferrari to build streetcars. Didn't really want to do it. Did a couple, but see, here's what I would say to the to the bean counters. Yes, I'm talking about the Mexicans who work. No, the guys that are pushing the pencils count the beans. I would say that it's really hard to put a price on you know the Jonathan Ward brand. Yeah. But that the Jonathan Ward brand is is pushed ahead with the derelicts and these projects. You, they get ink. They get attention. Yes, you could do another Bronco, but that doesn't get you the yeah. the notoriety. So there is an element, and it's kind of hard to calculate it, it because it's invisible. But you're talking about the brand, the Jonathan Ward brand and the cachet and whatever that 
whatever yeah, that brings. Yeah. And if you start sliding into becoming cores, mm-hmm. totally. Then you you now you you flash forward a hundred years, and now cores is a joke. But even those factors were tributary to me. To me, it was all about where am I happiest? You know, where's my giggle zone? And that's that design and engineering phase that doing a constant procession of one-offs is the only way to do that. And then we've gleamed a lot of intelligence from those processes because, oh, shit, how do we put a AM Vantage Sport V12 on something? we got to learn those solutions. So electrical solutions, mechanical, engineering, we, we continue to learn so much with those that that in turn feeds back to production because we take those tricks and apply them to the production models. Yeah. I, uh, it's like aerospace getting uh, – Trickling down. Yep. Uh, all right. Let me tell you about uh, AMSOIL. Ah, we we're talking about oil before. Wear on pistons can lead to a loss of power. We know that. No. Provides uh, 75% more engine protection against uh, horsepower loss and wear than the industry standard. Go to uh, AMSOIL. That's A-M-S-O-I-L dot com forward slash carcast for more details. So over That's time. Tough. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm looking at these things. Uh, it stayed 82% under the allowable uh, threshold for uh, oil thickening uh, over the uh, uh, the heat, which uh, compromises the oil. Heat's not anyone's friend. It's not, it's not friends. Not good. Not friends with your hair. No. Not friends with your oil. No. Not really friends with anything. Snakes like heat. Snakes like oh, heat, but then we same. don't like snakes. So okay, there it's you nobody's go. friend. <laughs> Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil protects against harmful deposits on turbochargers four times better than Mobile One extended it, performance. Everything's running turbos these days now. That's what I was thinking when I was looking at this. And uh, 3.6 better times uh, better than uh, Royal Purple in industry standard testing. So if you want the good stuff, and boy, when you get better than uh, Mobile One and you get better than uh, Royal Purple, you are saying something. So let's go with some uh, Amsoil. Amsoil.com forward slash CarCast for more details. They should send us some. Do we have any of this yet? We can get, get some, some of this. I didn't run it in the uh, Chris race cars. Chris has been cars. drinking it, putting it on his <laughs> breakfast cereal. <laughs> <laughs> He's going healthier. He's putting it on a salad now. <laughs> Amsoil.com forward slash CarCast. Uh, yeah. Say, Jonathan, like, um, always, when you ever talk to uh, Jonathan, you always, I always just think of, like, Gail Banks. I love Gail. Yeah, you should. It's like looking at a slightly older version of you, which is... Every time we talk to Jonathan, he starts talking about this, and then he starts talking about that, and then we start drifting off into other subjects, and then you realize this aesthetic, creative, mechanical mind really doesn't have boundaries. It 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 is or the ability to focus or the ability to focus. <laughs> well, well, everything is interesting. Yeah, and it it and and then that that applies to architecture and 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 what what have you. It's all I'm, I'm all basically there. a crow. Yes, you just just bounce around <laughs> looking for shiny stuff yeah. and seeing if you can lift it up and fly exactly. fly back with it. And, and then occasionally he makes his own watch bands out of it, out I, of the stuff he finds. <laughs> I agree, and I you know it's a it's a thing where I've always had this with my kids, where like it's like study, learn, memorize, and I'm like either they're curious or they're not. If you're curious, you'll you'll nothing can stop you, and if you're not, you know, God help you. I don't know what we're gonna do, but I'm. And and Jonathan, you must run into this 
because I run into it because I'm running around all the time, like saying to people, why aren't you more into stuff or into life or into this? Like, isn't this cool? Like, look at this. Yeah. And they're like, uh, I want to play video games or something. Or I want to take a nap or I want to watch like I want to binge watch Game of Thrones or something. And I'm like, why don't you want to do all this other stuff? And they're like, I don't know. And I, also stop yeah. annoying me with your stupid questions, which is another thing where it's like, am I annoying you with life? It's Get, weird, right? Well, it's best understood for me and my two sons. So I got an 18-year-old who's perfectly happy to joystick around and play his games and, blah, 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 right. and not very motivated. He's all good. And then I have my 14-year-old who comes to me with like these abstract theoretical engineering questions before I've had my coffee, which is not a good time for an intelligent right. question for me. But the, the difference is so distinct and I don't think it has – I think we bring that with us into life. Absolutely. The bummer though is our school system does not embrace that, promote it. It's like in, in uh, Norway, I think it is, like 10th grade is all about making sure you understand the range of opportunities and careers and expertise to help you find something you're passionate about. I mean, it's right. like I was on a totally different career path, but I was not passionate about it at all. Yeah. And yeah. I bail, I quit and just pressed reset and so did my wife and we winged it and started Icon and, and our other brand, TLC, and thank God I did. <laughs> well, the, it sounds like Jonathan has a favorite son. it's right. It's true. This, you know, this this notion that uh, you know that's why I laugh my ass off when I watch all these fucking commercials that we pay for. It's like read to your child, talk to your child, sing to your child. Their brain develops eighty percent. Oh fuck you! They're just who they are. And they just, that's just, I have a boy and a girl twin, and they're just who they are. It has nothing to do. But are they polarly do. unique? They're, they're not. They're a thousand percent they're, different. They're, they're biggest. They're, they get along pretty well, but the girl is like living with a macaw who's <laughs> like. Had, I did that so I can relate. Had too much like. Uh, Claritin or something is like beaked up on Claritin, like a macaw <laughs> beaked up. And the other day, just to show, like, super w- smart though. Both kids are smart. Both kids are very respectful and mature for their age. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, app, app, no, they're you can they're easily you know transportable. I mean, what I mean is like they're 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 nothing. Like we brought Sonny to Willow Springs with us. We went three days in a row. He went, I think, Friday and Sunday for the race. You don't even know he's there. Like, you just throw him in the back of the Lincoln, drive out. We're there, you know, qualifying at 10 in the morning, race at 3 in the afternoon. He's not, like, poking around going, huh, what? it's getting kind of late. Like, where, you know, he just... Yeah, just he, he doesn't say like I'm hungry. Yeah. Like he doesn't. He I just, love his letter in your office about voting the dog as his favorite. What is it, relative or family member? <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so he. The other day, if you just want to know, like, girls and boys, he's on the sofa watching TV, and he's Mr. Mellow, and my daughter's just screaming at the top of her lungs, Sonny, 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 she's going nuts on him, and uh, I have to come into the room and figure out what's going on. She decided to wash her hair in the sink in the kitchen, but neglected to bring a towel for herself, <laughs> and she's Screaming at the top of her lungs for Sonny to get her a towel. And that's and, happened enough times that Sonny has the art of tune out. Yeah, Sonny's totally like, hey, <laughs> uh, you decided to wash your hair. 
and you decided not to bring a towel, and now you're going to have to go provide a towel. <laughs> and she's incensed and screaming at the top of her lungs that he needs to get her a towel, yeah. and he's just dug in. He's mellow as can be. He's just not, not going not not to not do it. And, <laughs> and they have totally different weird wiring, and that's just who they are. But I agree. But when you walk into the room, do you say, Natalia, where's your towel? Or do you say, Sonny, why didn't you get a towel? Or no, you, I, I, I'm always... You just peek your head in and then, then back away quietly. No, like I'm you weren't always, even there? Listen, I'm always <laughs> on the side of... I, I, my world is if you get shot in the face because you hopped over the fence and tried to steal your neighbor's hibachi, I'm cool with it. I don't, I wish that you didn't get shot in the face, but if you decide to jump over the fence and you decide that you're going to take that guy's $13 hibachi and he's just standing out in the porch cleaning his gun, that's all on you. You just you you decided you set that in motion, yeah. and if you go to wash your hair in the sink, I don't know why you're washing your hair in the kitchen sink, but either way, if you're going to wash your hair in the sink and you forgot to bring yourself a towel, that is that is up to you. Now, I would like it if Sonny could be a little more courteous and go get it, but the fact that she expects that he need the fact that she's yeah. having a meltdown that he's not. Oh no, Mm-mm. there's one way this problem could be solved. The other way is an optional way. The first way it could be solved is you remember to bring your towel. And the more you scream at the other guy who's not bringing you the towel, the less motivated you will be to bring yourself a towel next time. Or this is up to you. learn the art of bribery. Right. Or, or Sonny, could you please yeah, right. bring me a towel? <laughs> yeah. Nah, probably wouldn't work. Right. Well, he'd be thrown off. He'd be like, I don't understand yeah, what you just you? asked me. It's yes. like, why are you uh, so don't quiet? Worry. I, went, I went and got her a towel, and then when she did get the towel, she got herself together and dried off. She just went over there and punched him. <laughs> <laughs> so she's an insane. She's going to get away with that for like another year, and then he's going to grow nine inches taller, yeah. and it's going to be. Well, he's going to have to toughen up because we're now trying to teach him at age 10 to ride a goddamn bicycle, which he says he doesn't want to learn how to ride. And I'm like. Are you insane? I when I, are you supposed to when are you supposed to ride a bicycle? Six, three, zygote. Like I, I remember being pretty young riding a bike. I, I was going through a whole bunch of other stuff and I dug up this old picture of me playing for the East Valley Trojans and I was looking at it and I was like I was eleven and I was like, What's wrong with this picture? And then I realized, oh, I, I, I broke my shoulder and I have my cast under my jersey, if you look at me to the farthest right, there's just a picture. It's a team picture. Oh yeah, it looks like you got boobs. And I got my jersey. I got my shoulder broken, <laughs> and I got my cast under it. And and the reason I remember that is it pertains to Sonny not being able to ride a bicycle. Yeah. Is I was riding a unicycle the whole time. I had my shoulder broken and a cast on. Jesus, look at that hair. Hey, it was the seventies, man. You had to. You I used had to, to go do to it. school I, when I lived in New York City. It was like I was on Forty Fifth, and school was like Sixty Seventh. And unicycle was my preferred mode of really? transportation. Really, yeah. great minds. Yes, uh, I have a broken shoulder. I have a cast on, and it's underneath my jersey. And the reason it's underneath my jersey is my jersey was cut off of me. Because my shoulder was so insanely dislocated when I was out in the middle of this field playing a game, they saw me and they couldn't move me. 
they they cut my jersey off and they like removed it and they cut my shoulder pads off and they saw that my shoulder was so jacked yeah, yeah, out right. of place that the dads there I were bet just your dad dads. came running. I don't think he was there. <laughs> but my dad I think he was there. I don't know what he said, but my they, my the dads just all looked at me and went like, uh yeah, somebody call an ambulance. Yeah, he's and fucked where he came They called <laughs> they called an ambulance and I that's why it's not even poking through the stupid jersey. But huh. um when how old were you? When was it? I was eleven. Well, it was what year was that team from? Says it seventy five. I was born in sixty four, so I had to be eleven. Oh, seventy five is the year I was born. So Sonny should learn how to ride a bicycle because Daddy was riding a unicycle with a cast on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like Sonny's the guy who, if you pulled that angle, he would just entrench himself deeper in his perspective of no attempts to pull any angles. But I didn't know you were a unicycle guy. Yeah, well, it's been a long time, but yeah, it's good fun. I wonder... the next derelict project. I wonder if there's some... um, uh, Do you have... Well, you you must have good balance. Yeah. And I felt... Assuming you were a good unicycle. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't have to be good. You just have to be able to ride. I went to circus school as a kid, too. I used to do the high wire and stuff. It was super fun. (laughs) Don't you, and now as we uh, spin off and get a little philosophical here, but I've told people, I think balance, which is rarely discussed, everyone talks about sort of academics or focus or, you know, whatever, grit or whatever. They talk about a lot of things. But I have very good balance, and I feel like the balance is applicable to almost anything in life it helps you get good at things fast and it mm. just helps in life to just literally the the it's, it's sort of liber, literal and a figurative version of balance but just balance and and i wonder if your balance is what makes you able to do so many different things simultaneously uh i don't know but my wife can multitask much better than me really does oh, yeah. she have good physical balance yeah, but I think like Mr. Miyagi kind I mean, of balance. Well, I mean, she has a vagina, and they're they're much better at multitasking. And every time I try to, I'm gonna screw something up. And so my thing is more: I am monocular. So, like, as I got into this this leathercraft hobby, I am at the University of YouTube, and I'm ordering books, and I'm finding the best tools and shipping them in. And then, like, to my again, my wife's chagrin, weekends, scotch, table tools i could literally sit there and not even get up for a pee and do it eight hours a day through the weekend and like i am severely focused so i think it's probably an adhd thing or but is your wife in the other room screaming to get a towel and you're ignoring her when you're (laughs) you're doing that or do you get the towel and what kind of 50 50 what kind of student (laughs) you would study would get along great what kind of student were you um into what I was into and right. absolutely a train wreck for the things I wasn't into. I was the same way on that. Like if, if yeah. I dug it, I would dig in and do great. If I thought it was a complete waste of my time and something I would never use in life, I was a horrible student. Isn't it um, – I think what it is, and my son does have a lot of this, and I have, I have pallets with metric tons of this, which is once I de- – if I deem something unimportant – it's Oof. unimportant. Yeah. And people will sit around and be like, you've got to learn the metric system or you're not going to be employable. And I'm like, no. no. Like, I, I remember. That's it. I'm out. Jimmy Kimmel was explaining to me in 19 and 
94, you're going to have to learn to splice audio tape. Like, you've got to learn to splice it with a razor and then put it together with uh, scotch tape and do audio splicing. And then I just I went like, no, I don't think so. And it's like, hey, if you could learn that, it'd be right. And I'm like, they're going to have a computer figure this out in like 10 minutes, aren't they? And he's like, you really need to learn this. I was like, no. And it works that way with the when everyone's freaking out over the Zika virus yeah. or killer bees or third-hand smoke or whatever it is they're trying to get me into this week to freak out about. I just look at it and I go, not interested. Nah. And when I'm not – when I've, I've decided – not that I'm not interested, but that it has no importance, that there is no killer bees, that there is no third-hand smoke, that I'm not going to have to learn how to cut audio tape, like nothing. Once I decide it, it's dead to me. And then you're a horrible student because you have people standing above you in cardigan sweaters going, you need to learn this. And in your mind, you've went, no, I don't. Yeah, you're blocking it out. Yeah, I'm that guy. Totally. Yeah, I think my uh, son is is <laughs> – he is that guy except he's in the fifth grade and now he's <laughs> screwed. But you got to walk into the room and he's like trying to memorize spelling words. And you're like, well, what are we doing here? It's 2017. What are we memorizing spelling words just so you can spit them back out yeah, on the quiz tomorrow? Like, what, weren't, weren't we – it was so funny. I said to him, just learn how to think. You just got to learn how to think. When you learn how to think, then you're fine. And but nobody knows how to teach that. Everything will cover. Well, but here's the thing. I said, <laughs> study everybody, study patterns, and then understand how everything works. And 20 minutes later, we went into, uh, into uh, my wife's office, and uh, he said, uh, where are you going tonight, Mommy? Said, I'm doing a podcast or something. He said, uh, when are you going to be home? She said, I'll be home at 930. And Sonny, whose bedtime is about 10, 10, 15, said, okay, well, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. And <laughs> I said, uh, why? What was that? And he said, well, when she says 930, we're talking 10, 15, 10, 30, 10, 45. <laughs> and I said, buddy, you just studied a pattern. That's you it. just picked someone's pattern, studied yep. it. And you have your information. That's intelligence. Yes. Yeah. You had a person just tell you an answer, 930. You ran it through your study pattern, and your pattern of studies said 1015 to 1045. Think, communicate, yeah. advocate. So I tell my kids, like, forget the, the, all the redundancy and don't stress about that test. But self-advocacy skills, communication, looking people in the eye – being thoughtful and being aware of all the cool shit around you and people. Around yes. You. And that's, that's everything. By the way, she came home at 945, which everyone deemed as early, which is weird because <laughs> she said 930, but everyone, she's home early. And then <laughs> put all our shit away. Get back to bed. So I told Sonny, all right, now you have to put that into your computer, too, because yeah. you have to adjust. She did come home earlier than you'd anticipated. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'd anticipate you saving some money if you go to Geico. You can save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance, and you don't even have to leave the house. You sit there with your uh, leather, your tools, your glass of single malt scotch, and just go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on your car insurance. Why wouldn't you do that? Look, if you're listening, you like cars, you have cars, maybe you have multiple cars, and you want to save a bunch of money. So go to geico.com. 15 minutes, could be saying 15% or more on your car insurance. The event that is Saturday, May 13th, we should be there, right? Yep. We will be there. That is uh, Icon Workshop. I was going to ask Chatsworth. you if you were going to be there. <laughs> I think. Tell my, my list Saturday, of things to yeah. ask you. 
Yeah, I uh, we're going, man. It's the uh, fourth annual car and casino benefit for Go for Go campaign, and uh, you can go online. You can go to uh, GoCampaign.org. Really cool stuff. Absolutely amazing, and uh, just fun to get a glass of uh, endless rain or Mangria or what have you, and just wander yep. around and look at some of those projects. Are, are you capping off how many tickets could sell? Is this thing like we should go now and get the tickets? What's yeah, the deal? yeah, we're going to cap it at 500 this year. So what about 350 last year? Bigger shop now, more stuff in the silent auction, more kids in need. So um, 500 is our cap. Oh, so they should bring some auction money? Oh, hell yeah. Our, I put together the silent auction, and it's pretty ridiculous. A lot of help from a lot of unique brands. Ooh, and friends. Yeah. private tour, Jay Leno's Garage. Yeah, maybe get example. a watch band made by... <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I'm such a watch geek, like... There's 30 watches in an auction of like 120 items. <laughs> just all my friends in the watch community, they're generous. They're like, oh, and I've seen what you're doing with this charity. It's great. Boom. And then we end up with a watch. Yeah. We never have too many watches at an auction. No. Because I'll just bid on them if no one else does. Go to uh, – <laughs> if you want to check out some of the cars, you can go to icon4x4.com. Jonathan Ward, always a pleasure. Oh, for uh, us, uh, you can get my movie, uh, The 24-Hour War. People seem to be enjoying that. It's available now. You can stream it if you have uh, when there's an Amazon Prime. You can get it for free. You got the Newman Doc out there. Well, get yeah. a get a copy of it. You can get the T-shirts and stuff like that. It's at chassis.com. chassy dot com. And uh, my show on Spike uh, Monday nights, uh, eleven o'clock. Jen Elfman's coming up. We're doing a Super Garage. So uh, come check that one out. She raced. Remember? She, oh yeah, the, uh, the Toyota Grand Prix. Yeah, the, the pro celebrity race. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, we were talking about it last night. They said, don't say Toyota. <laughs> don't say celebrity Toyota. Grand she Prix raced race. in the pro celebrity race. It's so <laughs> weird. You just realize you can't say, Stupid okay. Rules. Anyway. Rules, rules, and rules. All right. And uh, order a little endless rant over Corolla Drinks and uh, check out Matt's uh, pod. Shift and steer. Do that at Podcast One and all that. And uh, Corolla Digital. Until next time, Adam Corolla, Jonathan Ward, and Matt, the moderator, saying keep the air in the spare. Nice seeing you guys. Good seeing you, John. And the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com slash podcast.
That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.